0: Welcome to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. I am Dan. And I am Faith. So we have a kind of a different thing here. This is a first for us. Yeah. On the show. We are repackaging an old episode.
1: Are we lazy or?
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, some people would call it efficient.
1: okay. I'll take that.
0: Yes. I don't know who those people are,
1: but... (laughs) Uh,
0: This is an episode that originally aired three years ago, Wow, three years ago when we first started the show. So is it lazy a little bit? Uh, I'm a big fan of baseball. Uh, If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you have probably heard me talk about baseball. I uh, one of the first things I do in the morning is I listen to a podcast called Locked on MLB with Sully. Uh, if you're familiar with that, you know, uh, Paul Francis Sullivan, his friends call him Sully. <laughs> <laughs> and from time to time during the offseason, he will repackage old shows that are pertinent to what's going on. So what is pertinent to us, you know, representing this? Well, we just did two episodes on The Night Stalker and The Night Strangler. Those movies were written by Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson, who I've come to know as my new favorite writer. (laughs) Richard Matheson also wrote an episode of The Twilight Zone that we covered, The Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, starring William Shatner and directed by the late, great Richard Donner. Richard Donner passed away recently, and, and we mentioned it on the show, but... So this is kind of a little tribute to him yeah. as well and he's one of my favorite directors. He did Superman and The Omen, The Lethal Weapon series, The Maverick uh, feature film, just a lot of really great films. Conspiracy Theory is one that comes to mind and uh, love him, love William Shatner and we just did Star Trek 5: The Final Frontier recently. So a lot of things kind of yeah,
1: A lot of things kind of come
0: came together look and at that. and we thought that uh you know, Richard Matheson, you know, wrote this and, uh, I I listened to the episode recently and I said, that's really good. And it's been three years. So, so here you go. This is, this is a repackage. This is the episode as it originally aired. Uh, we do not have an Instagram handle anymore. So, you know, disregard that TV Tuesday, we don't do TV Tuesday anymore. So disregard that. Um, Disregard most things in the episode.
1: Just don't listen to it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I will say this. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can at late podcast at gmail.com. And I want to say this. There is a huge error in this episode that is actually really funny Uh-oh. with what is going on right now in the entertainment industry. <laughs> so Richard Matheson. And I'm sorry because you're going to hear this again in the show. Richard Matheson wrote the novel I Am Legend. I Am Legend was adapted into the Vincent Price film The Last Man on Earth. It was adapted into the Charlton Heston movie The Omega Man. It was adapted into the Will Smith blockbuster I Am Legend. In the episode you're about to hear, for some reason, (laughs) I said... That it was adapted into the Will Smith film, <laughs> Hancock. Now, I knew that it was not Hancock that it was adapted into. Why did I say Hancock? I do not know.
1: It's literally the same title.
0: <laughs> I do not. I am legend. I do not know. I Yes, it's not even like it was close, you know, and.
1: It's literally the same title. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's literally the same title, Faith, yes. That's pretty funny. So all I'm going to say is that I am sincerely sorry for my mistake. And please do not slap me, Will Smith. (laughs) Please do not come and slap me, Will Smith.
1: So what I'm getting from everything you're saying is that we should have just done a new episode on this show. Because everything in that episode people need to disregard
0: well the the social media stuff and the Hancock. and the Hancock stuff
1: and the tv tuesday
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> other than that the content's wonderful you're oh, going to love you go. it you're going <laughs> to love it um it, it's so funny and i mean like i said it it made me giggle when that when i was listening uh, and we mentioned him because he's been in the news so much recently yes. with with a with a slap to the face uh, let me just, very, very funny story. I'm going to relay this and we'll, we'll get to the episode. Um, I was talking to my mother. And my mother came in and she says, what do you think about Will Smith? And I said, well, I try not to. Good answer. Yeah, you know, I said, I try, I'm honest. I was like, I try not to. I'm not not a huge fan. I never have been. Mm-mm. I said, I try not to. She goes, well, well, what do you think about him and Chris Rock? And I said, I I don't know what you're talking about. I don't. This this is Monday morning, okay? The Monday morning mm-hmm. after the award show, and and I <laughs> said I don't know what you're talking about. And I thought maybe something had happened to them, you know. And I you know, I don't want anything bad to happen right. to them, yeah. But I said I said I I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, well, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars, and my response was the Oscars were last night <laughs> because really who cares? So then I talked to a friend of mine and, and it came up for a second, you know, and I told him that story. And then he comes back with, Oh yeah. Well, I woke up around midnight, had to go to the toilet, brought my phone with me cause got a YouTube thought I might be in there for a minute. And it came up in the feed and I saw like Will Smith slapped Chris rock at the Oscars. And I said, the Oscars were last night. Like, And then another friend of mine uh, said it was all over his social media, and he said, you know, like, he goes, wait, the Oscars were last night? Like, nobody cares. Nobody's watching that crap. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. So uh, I'll leave you with this. People have said, you know, man, you're either Team Will or Team Chris. How about Team forget about all of yes. it it's all fake it's all staged it's all you know whatever <laughs> it's just it's a distraction but anyway it was really funny that yes yes i mentioned will smith in the episode the week that he slaps chris rock at the oscars and not only do i mention will smith i had one job I had one job. His is the only movie that is named after the novel. The actual novel. The actual novel.
1: And you went with Hancock. And I
0: went with Hancock, which I still to this day have not seen. Oh, you've
1: never seen it?
0: Never seen it. Oh, never okay, seen good. it. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, without any further ado, here's an episode of the show. This is one of our very first episodes. And. I'm really proud of it. I think this is really good, and I hope you all enjoy it. And if this is a a re-listen for you, I hope you enjoy it the second time. And if you're new and this is your first time hearing it, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you search out this episode of The Twilight Zone if you haven't seen it. And watch as much of The Twilight Zone as you can because guess what? We're living in it right now. So here it is. Our episode on the Twilight Zone, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, starring the one and only William Shatner. We will see you soon with a new episode. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Enjoy it. Faith.
1: hey dan
0: what day is it
1: it is tv tuesday
0: tv tuesday is this a new feature it is this is a new feature being brought to you exclusively by the late night fright we are going to be talking about older and newer tv shows with a Horror-bent, macabre-bent, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, that kind of thing. And for our inaugural episode of TV Tuesday, Faith, tell them what show we're doing.
1: We are starting with The Twilight Zone.
0: The Twilight Zone, created by Rod Serling. And we are starting with Season 5, Episode 3. This is one of the most popular episodes of the series, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Ooh. Ooh. It was written by Richard Matheson, directed by Richard Donner, and it stars. Go ahead and tell him, Faith, tell them who's the star of this particular episode.
1: One of my favorites, Mr. William Shatner.
0: William Shatner, TJ Hooker himself. Was he in anything else other than TJ Hooker?
1: I can't remember. I can't,
0: I don't think he I I think he was a one and done. <laughs> So uh, William Shatner is in this as Bob Wilson. He's the main character. Also appearing in this episode is Christine White as Julia Wilson, Ed Kimmer as the flight engineer, Aza Maynor as the stewardess, and Nick Cravat as the gremlin. That's right. This episode has a booger. Faith, what do you think? Should we give him a little history? Let's give them a little history. So The Twilight Zone was created by writer Rod Serling and ran from 1959 to 1964 on the Columbia Broadcasting System, that's CBS. It is one of the most popular television programs of all time and is part of our mythology and has entered the popular culture. Strange or unexplainable things are often said to have originated from The Twilight Zone. Faith, do you use that in your everyday parlance? I do, actually. It, it, it's very <laughs> natural, isn't it? It is. Um, Rod Serling, now, he's a very interesting figure in television history. And as we move along with this TV Tuesday, when we do Twilight Zone episodes because trust me, we have other shows we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about him in depth as we move into this, but the very short biographical pieces that you're going to want to know about him right now are that he was a playwright and a screenwriter, and he grew up a fan of Pulp Fiction, not the movie that came out in 1994, the original uh, stories that were published in the magazines back in the day. His writing dealt with heavy themes of racism, censorship, war, society, and human nature. Those are, those are pretty heavy um, mm-hmm. They're not, you know, light and frilly. Those are no, those all. are pretty heavy. Uh, those, those issues, he developed the Twilight Zone to talk about those issues affecting the times that he found himself living in. And you see this in a lot of science fiction and fantasy. They create a world. Star Trek does this more than probably any other show. Uh, he would dress up these ideas in these fantastic settings so he could get them past the censors. He absolutely hated censorship. And as we get more into this and some of his biographical uh items come to light you're going to see how much he really hated it but just as a primer there you go uh the twilight zone always has some kind of ironic twist at the end and oftentimes has a moral you can see the influence of this on a guy like i don't know what do you say faith m night shaman I,
1: mm, I think you could
0: see that And the endings of the episodes usually dish out some form of poetic justice The first season featured a theme by Bernard Herrmann, the noted collaborator of Alfred Hitchcock, and Serling did voiceover introductions of the episodes. But season two saw the introduction of the now famous guitar theme by Marius Constant and would also see Serling step in front of the camera in the introduction and outro of each episode. And that theme is absolutely iconic, maybe one of the top five TV themes of all time. Faith, do you think we should give them a little bit of it? i think so all right ready and one and a two and a she left me hanging but that's okay
1: because i can't match that
0: it's a great theme uh there was a 1983 feature film based on the series and television revivals in 1985 2002 and just recently here in 2019 began that new series is on the cbs all access streaming service and features jordan peele in the rod serling role of the host this episode, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, is one of the most famous, if not the most famous in the series and is often voted one to top 10 list highlighting the best episodes of the series. It was remade for that 1983 movie we talked about and starred John Lithgow in the passenger role and recently was redone in the 2019 series with Adam Scott in that role. Faith, you're relatively new to The Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this first trip to The Twilight Zone?
1: My first trip was awesome. It was, <laughs> was awesome.
0: Let me ask you are you booking a return flight? No. <laughs> Not, on, not actually, on the airplane in this episode. I actually said that. I was
1: like, you know, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, I could have a one-way ticket to the Twilight Zone, and I'd be fine with it.
0: <laughs> we might possibly already be living in the Twilight we Zone. We probably it's, are. It's, it's possible. So your first impressions of the series, and this is a great episode to get started on, because mm-hmm. I think everything that makes this series wonderful is in this episode. Uh, just general impressions. How excited are you to go back?
1: Oh, very excited. I can't wait. I can't believe I waited this long to actually jump into watching the series what's wrong with me
0: i don't know there's a lot wrong with you but this we only have you know about 20 minutes to do this episode so uh truth be told this is one of my favorite episodes of the series and actually is one of my favorite episodes in the history of television so not just the twilight zone every episode of television ever made all 250 of
1: them Well, what's your favorite thing about it
0: I like the tension of this story, The how simple it is. It all takes place in one location. It uh, takes place – the story is very simply told. Richard Donner, who directed this, and we were going to – I have no – see, you're jumping ahead, but that's okay. I still love you. Uh, Richard Donner, I like the way that he places the camera. Everything's very done in a lot of close-ups. You feel very trapped and claustrophobic in this episode. Yeah. And – I don't know. I have felt like I've seen things that other people haven't seen before, if that makes sense. Yes. I feel things a little differently. Not necessarily a gremlin on the edge of the wing, but uh, something. So you since sure? you did, um, well, I'm not a hundred percent sure, <laughs> but you never know. So let's give i I'm going to give a little short synopsis of this. Uh, Bob Wilson is a salesman who has been on a six month leave. He's been in a sanitarium. We don't know why He was in the sanitarium. He apparently had a nervous breakdown on a plane. And as someone who doesn't like to fly or be trapped in spaces, I can't say that I blame him too much. (laughs) I I was on the side of Bob Wilson in this episode. Me too. But uh, Mr. Wilson is going home from the sanitarium. His wife has come. They're taking a night flight. Back to wherever they go. And as Rod Serling says, they take a detour through the twilight zone. And while on this trip, Bob Wilson sees a gremlin on the wing of the plane that only he can see. No one else can see it. It is a booger of the highest caliber. And people think he's going crazy. He eventually tries to shoot it, bust out a window. They make an emergency landing. But in the twist of twist faith, do you want to tell him he wasn't crazy, was he? No. It actually happened. There was a gremlin on that plane. (laughs) So, but uh, let's, let's just, you know, we have, I have this list of notes here. You know, let's just get into it. What struck you most about the story?
1: I think because it seemed very relatable, if that makes any sense. I mean, not that I've been on a plane with a creature on the wing. I think his story personally, like you said, you were on his side you kind of feel I was on his side too. like you kind of maybe think he's having another nervous breakdown possibly
0: they they do play it the way that they tell the story they play it well enough in the beginning to Uh make you think he's a little crazy and then right about that midpoint no right (laughs) no he's he's right on uh like I said not to harp on this or to get too much into my personal history I don't like feeling trapped I don't like traveling uh, I definitely don't like air travel. It's my anxiety nightmares one hundred one, one hundred two, and one hundred three. This episode perfectly encapsulates that for someone like me. And I think if you're someone who loves traveling, I think when you watch this, you'll feel the tension <laughs> in Bob Wilson as right. he's on this plane. And that's really where the tension starts, is he's feeling mm-hmm. trapped on this plane. And then, as I said, you know, you really don't know—is it there? Is it not there? Well, you know, it's it's there, but. But it all stems from that initial tension. Now, the guy who wrote this, Richard Matheson, wrote his most famous work is "I Am Legend," and you're familiar with "I Am Legend," aren't you? Mm-hmm. That was a movie a few years ago. It's been adapted three times for the screen. Uh, Vincent Price was in "The Last Man on Earth." Charlton Heston was in "The Omega Man," and then Will Smith was in "Hancock," and. Um, Richard Matheson was an influence on Stephen King. We've talked about Stephen King on the show. He was an influence on George Romero. He's an influence on a lot of people. And I think the great thing about this is, and he said in an interview once that he can't do the Harry Potter type fantasy stuff, but this kind of real world stuff he can do. And this, to me, is one of his masterpieces. Mm -hmm. He also wrote the screenplay for an episode called Nick of Time, which we're going to be talking about. And that episode became The Box with Cameron Diaz, and I think James Marsden is in it. Frank Langella is also in it. Um, but as I said, uh, George Romero and Stephen King cited him as an influence. Rod Serling hired him to be a writer on The Twilight Zone because he just respected everything that he did. And I think rightfully so. This is really good. Uh so we've kind of established the situation. We've established what's going on, the tension here. We use that word a lot on the late night fright. We like tension, don't I do. we? Faith, go ahead. Let's talk about the guy. You love this guy, don't you? I love you? this guy. Let's talk about TJ Hooker. <laughs> William Shatner is the star of this episode. How great is Shatner in this episode? He
1: is absolutely incredible. He's kind of, I'm familiar with him in Star Trek, and he's kind of the total opposite you kind of agree.
0: I was thinking that it's funny that you mentioned that because we did watch this separately, and I don't think we were texting when we were. A lot of times we'll text as we're watching right. something. Yeah, because uh, I at the same texted time, you
1: after. Like, oh, I loved that. After
0: I had the thought, I was like, this is so different from Captain That's exactly, Kirk. Exactly. This, this guy has no answers whatsoever, and is completely because Captain unhinged. Kirk's usually
1: on top of stuff. Like, he's got an answer. Or he's not very panicky about stuff, and this was. The total opposite for
0: me. I want to say this about Shatner. Shatner has there's this idea in popular culture that Shatner is what my sister would call a hammy ham. When he acts that he's he's a little over the top. There are times he's over the top for sure. Bit, yeah. But uh it's all good-natured when he does it. Shatner is really a good actor. He's not just a, he's a great actor. Oh, and honest. I think the mark of a great actor is when they can make you really feel what they're feeling in a scene and not show you and there's mm-hmm. there's not all actors are these great actors that draw you in this way and can make you walk in their shoes and he for me he does that in oh, this episode course. and i feel sympathy for him and i feel pity for him
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i want him to get the gremlin and i and i <laughs> want him to be right but i don't want him to be right and i think the best scene for me that he has in here is when the uh, engineer comes over and tells him, "Oh yeah, we know about this gremlin, mm-hmm. and we're doing everything we can." And it dawns on him that they think he's crazy, and that kind of resigned yep. thing. He slumps into that chair and just like you know, go away. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm good. But do, do you agree with me that Shatner? There's this con- preconceived notion of Shatner that he's he's not a good actor. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. think that.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull something in that I I probably say every episode about people. Do you know what I love about him too?
0: Is it his eyes?
1: It is. What what about
0: his eyes? Because I've never, it's never been one, you know, you talk about a guy like Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, those eyes.
1: Ever since I started watching Star Trek, I've Mm -hmm. noticed his eyes. They're just, I almost can feel something from them. And then watching this, I could feel him in his eyes.
0: And it's amazing because I think, to you know, we're living 50 years after this came out and 50 years after Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So we can compare Captain Kirk to Bob Wilson right. here. There's something about Captain Kirk. And you and I have said this. I know you're a fan of the original series. I absolutely adore the original series. He does something as Captain Kirk. There's a warmth to his personality mm-hmm. as Captain Kirk that you want to hang out with that you guy. Do. And I want to state it here for the record. And by the way, we are going to be talking about some Star Trek episodes on these TV Tuesdays, possibly TV Thursdays as well, you never know, must see TV. And he I forgot where I was going with this. I was I was I was about to say something really poetic. He
1: <laughs> said he's
0: about, warm. But he he's very warm. And there's this idea, again, there's this preconceived notion he's a bad actor. There's this preconceived notion that Captain Kirk is this wild ladies' man that is just, you know, laying starship pipe on every planet <laughs> that he goes to. And if you watch those three seasons, he's not like that at all. Okay. He is very respectful toward women. He's respectful toward everybody. He has a lot of passion, but he's not a real kind of Lothario character. I don't get that from the original series, do not you? I do no, not at all. Especially in those early episodes, it's it's just not. I don't know where that came. Everybody talks about oh, Kirk with the green skin women. That's doesn't happen in the in the Mm -hmm. series. But Shatner's great. I adore William Shatner. He's like eighty eight years old now, and he is still going and still just as vital as he was when he was in his thirties. I think actually he may have been in his twenties when they did this episode. But he's he's absolutely wonderful. I think this is a tour de force performance. I put this up there with his performance in the star Trek episode city on the edge of forever, which is when I, when we said my favorite episodes of television, that is my favorite episode of television ever made. Sitting on the edge of forever. I put, uh, this performance up there with that one. And also with his performance in star Trek to the wrath of Khan, which I think is one of the great acting performances mm-hmm. of all time. But, um, so he's great. Uh, watch if you're, if you're a star Trek fan and you really haven't gotten into the twilight zone, this is a great place to start. He's in a few episodes and he's a great inroad into, uh, the magic that really is the twilight zone. So, what did you think about the form of the show, the way that the, the show is structured? Because this is, like I said, this is a great jumping off episode because they all kind of have this little twist at the end, this mm-hmm. little thing. So what did you think about the way that the series is structured?
1: I liked it a lot. I liked the way that it, it it build, like you said, it, it kind of builds up to the twist at the end. It's not obvious in your face right away. Right. You know, right. And I like that. I like that I was waiting for something. But were, you, nice were you? Were f- you? Yeah.
0: Were you familiar with this beforehand? Yes. Had you seen, you'd seen the movie?
1: No, I had heard about it. My mom likes
0: the Twilight Zone. She
1: likes that specific moment, I guess, in the movie. She likes the remake. I think it's the one she's seen. Right. And she was telling me about it, and I had watched, I think, a clip of it. Okay,
0: so it wasn't completely foreign to you no. going into it. No. Now, now, with that said, so you were familiar. Did it completely blow you away?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And let me ask this that we, uh, people out there listening, I did it. I dropped I my notes
1: before the show. I dropped was my notes. Drop she notes. told me I was
0: going to drop my notes. No, I was, <laughs> and uh, the comment I was going to make was we, <laughs> we always prepare notes, and then the phone dropped right on the notes, and we're leaving that in. We're not taking that out.
1: <laughs> I told you that's why I type stuff. So, oh my, oh my there
0: laptop. you go. Well, I'm old school, I like it on the paper. So. <laughs> Uh, Let me ask you this question because this episode is, you know, about 50 years old Mm -hmm. now. Has it lost any of its impact for you? Because you're in your early 20s. And uh, so this is well ahead of your time. It's ahead of my time, but it's even more ahead of your time. Right. Has it lost any of its
1: impact? Oh, I don't think so.
0: No. Would you definitely recommend it for anybody out there Absolutely. Uh, looking to get into the Twilight Zone? 100%. Excellent. One final question. We uh, mentioned him, Richard Donner. He's the director of Superman and The Goonies and Booger Movie Hall of Fame, The Omen. He, uh, This is his uh, episode that he directed. What did you think about uh, what Donner brought to this? Because Donner is one of my favorite directors. I really like most everything that he's done now if you put this in front of me and said who directed it i don't know that i'd be able to tell you that it was richard donner but (laughs) what did you think about some of the things that were happening in this episode anything kind of jump out at you
1: i liked the way that it was kind of what's the word i'm looking for
0: it was claustrophobic he had everything close he
1: did i was gonna say i liked the way it was kind of cut back and forth to just him or where you'd see his wife or the stewardess you know it was like it still was very closed off I felt Which like you you never really saw them all at once.
0: Felt like Donner did a really good job of isolating Shatner in this episode mm-hmm. and isolating him visually and then you feel isolation from uh, from everyone else. One
1: of my favorite parts was when um they kind of cut close on him. I think it was right after the wife was going to give him a sleeping pill mm-hmm. and he wanted to look out behind the curtain. Right. You could really feel nervous for him then
0: right Donner Donner did a really he, good, a really he did good a really great job with this uh, in the 1983 movie it was George Miller who did the uh, Mad Max movies. He directed the sequence with John Lithgow, and that's a really good sequence. It's probably the best sequence of the movie, which is a shame because it's a remake of, <laughs> of one that came before. In Twilight Zone, the movie actually, I believe, on our list of movies that we would have, we're eventually going to get to, on the late night fright proper. But uh, Faith, I'm glad we did this. Uh, for all of you listening, we are online on Instagram. You can find us at www.LatenightFright.com We are online. It's very easy to find us. We want to thank you for listening. And as far as this TV Tuesday goes, we don't know if this is going to be a weekly thing, bi-weekly. We might even try to do these twice a week. But uh, this episode of The Twilight Zone Nightmare at 20,000 Feet is available currently on Netflix. It has been for a while. It should be for a while. Go watch it. Yes, it's definitely. really good. And I want to make one more point about it. I didn't write this in my notes, but I noticed this watching it. How beautiful did this look in high def, the black and white in high beautiful. def? It, so if you're scared off by black and white stuff or old TV programs, don't be. Go go watch See, it.
1: because I sometimes am a little. I think we just said that before. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a little hesitant with black and white. But I didn't even care. It doesn't
0: matter. It didn't and, matter. And it's about 22 minutes, mm-hmm. 22, 25 minutes. Yeah. It's it's a quick in and out. That's what she said. <laughs> And, uh, and it's, it's, it's really, it's really worth your time. And again, the twilight zone is one of these shows. It's part of American culture. It's part of world culture. It will be around for another 50 years. It's a great show. Get into it, get back into it if it's been a while. And that's all I've got. Yeah. I mean, Go should, watch it. should we sign yeah. off? Yeah. Should we sign off? I am Dan and I am
1: faith. And
0: we want to remind you to keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side.